Yes. Well, I've been a filmmaker for uh, close to 40 years. Wow. And what I specialize in is true stories. I call it true stories of ordinary people living extraordinary lives because they're partnering with an incredible God. So probably seven, eight years ago, God began to put on my heart to build something like he and I called it a hub. Mm. And that was a gathering place because see, you take like Netflix, Amazon, all those places are very powerful because you have content creators from all over gathered in one place. And conservative people, Christian people, we're all out doing our own thing. And so we all make little tiny ripples instead of a big splash. And it seemed to me what God was saying, just to get a gathering place where we could all get into one place. So somebody could come to our side and and get inspirational stories, encouraging stories, teaching stories. But they'd also see testimonies. They could find teaching, um, things like that. So I thought about it for a number of years. And then about a year and a half ago, I had a dream. And in the dream, God let me know it was time to do it. So we launched it uh, about a a year ago. And uh, we have a lot of... Well, it's a, mostly original content, a lot of stories. In fact, uh, one of our stories, I have the poster hanging in on the wall, but we're going in the wrong direction. It's actually this one <laughs> called Walk With Me When War Comes okay. to Your Door. We yeah. uh, we just got selected as one of the official selections at the International Christian Film Festival in Orlando coming awesome. up in May. And then we got a uh, notice that we were nominated for Most Inspirational. So that's good because that's what I want to do is be inspirational. Uh, And so anyway, I was, while I was working on that story, as a matter of fact, I went to Uganda because it's a story about a woman getting South Sudanese children out of the war zone. So I went Mm -hmm. to the refugee camp and in this refugee camp, I, I was brokenhearted because I saw so much starvation because the UN provides food because you know the people want to work but they're south sudanese in uganda and ugandans want to hire ugandans not south sudanese so they do the best they can they don't like just sitting around they want to work but you know the un gives them if you're ready for this a a cup of a coffee cup of beans and rice and that's supposed to last you an entire month so there's five people in a month and to find a family well you lucky you you get five cups of rice five cups of beans now that lasts all of us about one day, but that's going to last a month. So I came home determined to do something about it. So I called a friend of mine who is a farmer and a man with ag economics degree. And I said, can you go back to Africa with me and teach people in the refugee camp how to grow food, even in the hard seasons? And he said, yes. And he was all excited, but that was January. And then into January is when the whole COVID lockdown thing started. So we couldn't go back. And so I don't like to take no for an answer. So I'm lucky enough to live out on eight acres. We built a 10,000 square foot garden with the idea that I would videotape the process. I would videotape him teaching how to grow the food. And then it's because even in third world countries, they don't have iPhones. They have little phones, but they still stream Mm -hmm. little videos because everybody everywhere in the world wants media and stories. And I mean, you know, they just do. So uh, then what happened was, everything started happening around the world. And we started seeing, oh, wow, this is not just going to be for third world. We need that here. The U.S. Department of Agriculture came out with a report and said that by the end of the first growing season of 2022, which is less than 60 days away, that China was going to be hoarding 
a lot of the world's food supply. And let me give you an example. China already has rice, corn, and wheat for their own people, the billion and a half people, but they are hoarding 69% of the world's reserve of corn, 60% of the world's reserve of rice, and 51% of the world's reserve of wheat. And you can guess why they're doing that. I don't know if they think we're they're going to need it to live or they want to be kept price gouging or they just want to hurt us. I, you know, the Chinese communist party, who knows, I don't think like they do. So I have no clue. Yeah. And of course, and then you have the problem of fertilizer. Mm-hmm. The number one importer of fertilizer in the world is the United States. The number mm-hmm. one and number two exporter of fertilizer is Russia and China. Well, they already said before this Ukraine thing started, they weren't exporting anymore before June. So now guess what? So there's going to be a shortage of fertilizer. And what they do have is now 300% more. And food prices have already gone way up, as you know. And part of some people believe it's because part of it is because of what China's doing. But even ingredients like ammonia that goes into fertilizer used to be $10 a ton. Now it's $1,000 a ton. Then you've got the price of fuel. And farmers are already working two and three jobs just to keep their farms going, which doesn't seem right to me, but that's the way it is. So I don't know if they're going to be able to afford to grow food or I don't know where we're going. I know. Yeah. I've been seeing like the prices of the fertilizer and I've been seeing that on the Epic times, the farmers talking about, it, and it's just, everything's getting, it's not just the food itself. The food itself is getting expensive for us to buy because I mean, things like fertilizer and stuff are now so expensive yeah. and stuff for the farmers to use. And it's just, it's that, that ripple domino effect. And it just, it, mm-hmm. it falls over on everything. Yeah. Well, if we think, and if just, to check myself thinking, well, am I being ridiculous? Am I being over the top? Israel newspaper published a report yesterday saying that Israel was getting more wheat in to get prepared for the food famine that was coming. So Israel is saying it too. And my assistant went into, I live in the Houston area, and she went into the largest grocery store chain in the Houston area and a couple of weeks ago and asked to order a birthday cake for her daughter, you know, those custom cakes you make. Yeah. And they said, Oh, I'm sorry. We're not taking, taking custom bakery orders anymore because we can't guarantee we'll have the ingredients to make the cake. Wow. I was stunned. I mean, you know, when you go into stores now, you already see how they're widening aisles and they're squashing shelves. They're doing everything to hide the fact that there's a lot of emptiness. So girl, I'm telling you something, something real is, is coming. I'm not saying we're going to starve to death in America. And of course, I'm not really sure why, but as you notice, potato chips have been the first thing that have gotten thin, not that we need to be eating potato chips, but I'm thinking, I wonder why, I wonder why that, I don't know if it's the oils or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So. Or is it lack of potatoes? Maybe that's why they have to slice, (laughs) slice them so thin because they have. I don't know. I don't know. But so what we decided to do is now instead of just making things for third world countries. But before I tell you this, let me tell you what we kind of stumbled into, if you will, stumbled into. (laughs) I I do believe it was Providence, but we ran into some people in Zimbabwe called Foundations for Farming. And, you know, 20 years ago or so, there was a man who his name was Brian and he was the largest tobacco grower on the entire continent of Africa. Very successful. But he found God. He got converted, felt convicted that he should no longer be growing tobacco. So he started growing food. And he stood out on the farm one day 
And he said to God, teach me how to grow food the way we should grow food, because I don't know what to do. God spoke to him and God gave him a plant and he tested it. He started with a small portion and it did remarkably well. So the next year he doubled that, then doubled that. Now let's go to 20 years later. They have a nonprofit organization called Foundations for Farming, where they teach farmers this method that God gave him. They were being so successful that the country of Zimbabwe came to them in 2021 and said, we need you to train a million farmers. Well, you know, that would be easy for us to do. We get on the Internet or whatever. But they had to do it the old fashioned way because this is third world country. It was like, okay, you train 100 and they'll train 100 and they'll train 50 and they'll train 75. So they got as many trained as they could. And just to give you a perspective, in Zimbabwe, the average farmer grew two football fields of food. They went in and with only one day of training, not two weeks, not even three days, one day of training, they told them what to do and how to do it. And they said, you're not going to film farm uh, two football fields. You're going to film farm a tennis court size. So they did. And would you believe in one growing year, with the tennis court size instead of two football fields, their yield was 300% more than normal with a lot less work time. And so the country of Zimbabwe was so excited. They announced that they had eradicated food insecurity and they not only had enough for all their people, they had enough to export. So now that means instead of growing like the corn, the maize, the wheat, whatever, they can now start growing vegetables and they can start building businesses. So it's been a total game changer. And we're partnering awesome. with them because my guy, Fred, has a leadership course that he incorporates in his farming program. And they have techniques that we have not heard of. So we've married the two and we're now teaching this on my property. And we in World War II, when food was in short supply, the government urged people to start farms, to start, I mean, mm-hmm. excuse me, to start gardens. And they called them victory yeah. gardens. Yeah. And in 19, people had in their yard, down at the playground, wherever they could find space, the balconies, wherever they were growing food. So they had about 135 million people lived in America in 1942. They estimate there was 23 million victory gardens. And they estimate that that was feeding 40% of the produce eaten that year. So we went, let's not reinvent the well, let's do it again. So we have what we call victory gardens for life. Yeah. And so Every Wednesday, we have a class out here on my property, and we teach people how to get the soil ready, how to plant, how to fertilize, how to water, all of that. And because I'm a filmmaker, we video what to do in the field. And then Fred comes in and he teaches in the barn. So on our website, we have the little three, four, five-minute videos on how to. Then we have the understanding what you're doing part, which are like 20-minute videos. And people can follow along with that every week. And, and learn how to grow food. And you don't have to have a lot of space. Like I've got one video on there where I showed people how you can take a 25 gallon bucket, which is maybe about this wide. Yeah. And we planted a tomato in it, cilantro, jalapeno wow. peppers, lettuce, green, something. I know there's like five or six things in this one bucket. It's amazing yeah. how much food you can get in a small area. So, wow. you know, like one cherry tomato seed, will yield one cherry tomato plant. And the average number of tomatoes you get off of a cherry tomato plant is 300. Wow. One cucumber seed will grow about 15 to 20 cucumbers and, and on and on and on. Now one carrot seed will grow one carrot, but that carrot contains 1,000 seeds. 
See, that's mm-hmm. non-genetically modified, God-given food. Yes. Now, when you get the genetically modified, you can plant those seeds till the cows come home and you're not going to get anything I know because yeah. they will not reproduce. I know. I've seen those. That's why I was getting ready to ask, but you brought it up. If the seeds were the ones that like, it were the, oh, yes. they were ones that produced the seeds because I know that all the deep state people, whatever, it's like they've so many of the, and China and all the seeds that like they've given us and been genetically modified and stuff. And it's like, yeah. they won't reproduce and they're supposed to, yeah. that's how God created yeah. them. <laughs> Do you know about genetically modified beef? I, I mean, I know of it. I don't know exactly what you're talking well, like about. Like they started making fake fish around 2018, maybe even before, uh, but that's fake fish. Yeah. But now they've got, you've seen probably some documentaries and stuff of like these animals that are deformed because they're messing with them, trying to, you know, produce all this yes. stuff. Well, they now can have genetically modified beef, but here's the thing. Our own FDA mm. ruled that, oh, you don't have to put it on the package that it's genetically modified, but here's this thing oh, to that. <laughs> they have not done any test to see what this genetically modified beef is going to do to human beings. And we don't have to be warned. So even if you have a choice, you're not going to know. So, you know, they're up to something. It's They're not into our best interest. Bill Gates keeps buying up all this farmland because he's so into fake food, get rid of people. You know, he's in the eugenics. And I, I don't know. It's very sad. But that's why people need to grow their own food, because not only is it because if we have some kind of food shortage, but even if we don't, you're going to save money on your food bill. You're going to have non-chemical food because we grow all of our stuff without chemicals, no pesticides. We show you the natural way to deal with bugs Mm -hmm. and you're going to save money at the grocery store. You're going to have enough to free, like, like I almost never go buy produce at the store because I'm still eating the green beans, the okra, the tomatoes and stuff that I got Mm -hmm. last season because I have a freezer full. And not only did we have enough on our little ground to take care of like 30 families, we took about 150 pounds a food to the food pantry each week. So oh, that is you can awesome. also see wow. there's a church down here. I'm in the Houston area and there's a small town of an hour from here. They don't even have a grocery store in their little town. And the pastor got a hold of the idea and they put in a 30,000 square foot garden on their property. Cause you know, most churches have property Yeah. Wow. and they said, if anybody wants to come learn. So they had 300 people and that's a lot of that is wow. family. It's like mom, dad, and the yeah. kids and they're, yep growing food together. And I went out and talked to the kids Saturday and they were talking about how much they love doing it with their family. And so not only are they going to be able to feed all 300 people, they're going to have hundreds of pounds of food for the food pantry that they have in their church. Now that's an awesome outreach right there. And that's worth doing. I know. And the kids are going to know how to do it. So as they grow up and then they marry and then they get families and they're going to teach their kids how to do it. It's that multi-generational thing that just keeps you know going that us as christians i mean we're taught in the bible we're supposed to obviously growing our own food because that's the healthiest stuff because you get the most energy from that because you get a hundred percent of it because it hasn't gone through like animals or anything particularly like fruits and vegetables and you get a hundred percent of the energy we learn that i mean you learn that in biology like primary primary source is that what it is whenever it's like the first it's like fruits and vegetables i think because you get like a hundred percent of the energy i think it's like primary or Something like that, but it's like you get a hundred percent of the energy, and that's good because that's how God made yeah. it. It's like that's the best yeah. stuff. Yeah. And herbs. Yeah. Do you grow any herbs like on your windowsill or anything like basil or rosemary or anything like that? I no. 
Well, that's a, a lot of people do. And even if you don't, yeah. you know, like in the grocery store, how you can buy the fresh and, yeah. and then you only use a little bit and then you feel guilty because you threw it away. Well, I'm going to tell you what to do with that. Like, cause like in our course, not only am yeah. I teaching you how to grow food and everything, I'm teaching you how to can it, freeze it, dehydrate it, whatever. Yes, so like, yeah. so let's say you go to the store and you want to buy one of those fresh things of basil and you spend like more than you, it's, I mean, it's expensive. And then you use two tablespoons and then you feel bad because it goes bad in the refrigerator, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, what you can do is you can take it and chop it up like you're going to use it, like a tablespoon or two yeah. tablespoons, whatever you want to do. Remember, do you know the old fashioned ice trays where you fill them with water and put them in the freezer? Yeah. Okay, well, you take that ice cube tray and you chop up a little basil or rosemary or whatever it is, and you put it in that little cube and then you fill it about three quarters full with olive oil. Okay. And then when you need it, you just pop it out of the freezer and you get your olive oil and your basil or, or whatever. That's so cool. We still I use ice trays. So, <laughs> so yeah, girl. I know exactly. <laughs> well, I also did a taste test. I So I had basil in my drawer that I bought from a grocery store. And I went, I wonder. So I tasted the store-bought. And then I tasted the fresh plant. I pulled the leaf off and tasted it and went, oh, that's much more tasty. Then I took my fresh basil and I laid it out on the cabinet for three or four days and let it dry out. Wow. It's like three times the flavor of the store-bought. It's like, wow. wow. And anybody can do that. I mean, you can grow that in your windowsill or on your little porch. You need about six hours of sunlight a day to, mm-hmm. to really have a good garden, but you don't need a lot of space. My dad's wanted to start doing it. Well, my brother, uh, my um, brother-in-law and my sister, they're already looking at farmland because uh, they're, they already have some chickens and stuff that they've already gotten yep. and stuff. So, yeah. and I've got a couple little nieces, uh, one's two and the others, uh, uh, I think she's like t- uh, 10 months or something. So they're still little, but um, we were just there the other day. And so they're already looking at like gardens and stuff. My dad and mom are really wanting to start doing that and stuff too, just because growing your own food, like you said, it's better. And of course you're going to save money out here, like with the price of inflation and all that you're going to, and also like well, you're done. getting your own food. So you're not having to yeah. worry, yeah. like rely on other people. You're getting your own food well, for the most part. Send them to heartstone.tv yep. and, and watch these videos and they can learn about how to mix the soil and seeds and all of that. And that's and while you're there, you can check out all those inspirational stories. I was looking, I know I saw a bunch of the movies that you guys had. One of them like had like Kevin Sorbo on there, which I'm like, I love Kevin Sorbo. I've loved all his movies and stuff. And it was just, just a great family television. Cause it's so hard with all the bad stuff that's on television and in theaters mm-hmm. now. And then like, I mean, the trans- oh, did you see what came out Disney? Did you see what Disney just was released that story? They're wanting to make sure that 50% of their characters are gay or trans or, oh, or all. Oh my grief. gosh. I know. So you, listen, no, but you can't let your kids watch Disney anymore. That's for sure. I don't know what you can let them watch pretty much unless it's like, I know, right? I know. Have you heard of Sean Foyt and that let us yes. worship movement? Mm-hmm. Did yes. you see that we have a show on there called unstoppable? It's two oh, episodes okay. about the whole let us worship movement got going mm-hmm. and how that spread across the country. I know. Yep. Cause all these people are, like I said, they're not serving God. So by default, they're serving Satan, even some openly, some just because, like I said, they're not serving God, but it's like, they're putting all this trans stuff in there. LGBTQIA, they're putting, well, I, I just I used, saw that at the Grammys, they had like a, a satanic type halftime show. And I'm like, families watch stuff like the Grammys and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I'm seeing all this. And I'm like, it's in Disney. You're like Disney, Nickelodeon, then putting all this stuff in there. It's like, it's disgusting. Well, you saw, I'm not saying, you know, I don't think that Will Smith agreed to do anything. I think this was spur of the moment. 
<laughs> I, I don't think it was planned. However, it's very yeah. interesting that Chris Rock did a joke that was not planned about, you know, what is it? Alopecia or however you say it. Yeah. And then Pfizer has come up with treatment for alopecia and Pfizer sponsored the Oscars. So now all this talk is going on about alopecia. I mean, so it's like, Uh, wow. I mean, I'm not saying I don't, I don't think Will Smith would have done that to himself, but it's just, I don't know. There's so much weird stuff going on, but it's like, that's why, I mean, people need to grow their own food and obviously like pay attention to not only what their kids are eating and putting into themselves, you know, but also, like I said, what they're letting them see and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I see so many parents out here, like I said, I'm 23 and I see much of my generation starting to have kids and I see what they're letting their kids do and watch. And I'm like, they're not even paying attention. They just hand their kid the phone and be like, okay, leave mommy alone. Leave daddy alone. Yeah. Here's the phone. Go watch this. Yeah. It is awful. Yeah, I know. And it's so sad. I know it makes me sick, but God's raising up a media army. And, uh, you know, Ben oh, yeah. Shapiro's out trying to raise a lot of money to do a lot of kids programming. So good yeah. on him. Good on him. Streaming service, family entertainment, family entertainment, good Christian yes. family entertainment. <laughs> well, you know, I think, I don't think your generation really watches TV much anymore. I mean, you know what I think your generation does? I think they come home from work, they lay on the couch or they get in the bed and they watch TikTok for an hour or two and then go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more so than watching shows. Yeah, they watch like TikTok yeah. or videos on Instagram Live or or other. Yes, yeah. yes, YouTube. yeah, yes. So if your generation is is losing the taste for watching TV, what does that say? Yeah, because you know your generation grew up with it. You know, I always say, somebody say, "How do you do something technical?" And I say, "Ask somebody under 30. <laughs> <laughs> My grandson is three years old. He gets up in the morning. He goes downstairs. He picks up the rote and he goes. Amazon, turn on monsters or whatever he wants, you know, and he, you know, with the voice command. Yeah. I know they're so smart. My little niece, like I said, she's two. And anytime I have like my phone or something there, she's like always trying to like grab it and stuff. Sometimes she takes it from the couch, like whenever I'm not looking and then I'll look over there and she'll actually be trying to unlock it. She knows how to push the button. She just doesn't know which ones like are the thing. And I'm like, how do you know that you're only two? I know, right? I think the next generation is just born intuitively knowing how to do all this, I guess. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's so great that you guys are doing that with like farming and helping people and even in other countries, like learn how to like do their own farming and stuff. Cause so many of these impoverished third world nations and stuff that have just been kept down and I mean, dying of starvation and stuff and helping them do it their own. Cause it's like, as Christians, it's like, we just don't, we don't want to just give the fish away. You want to teach the person to fish themselves so they can yeah. do it themselves. And that's well, what's great send, about it. Yeah. I, I took over solar powered movie projectors and we got them speakers and yeah. I gave them movies that I shot in Africa with Africans, yeah. for Africans, about Africans. And yeah. they play our films over uh, in Africa and the refugee camp and in villages in Mozambique. Yeah. And so we're reaching people for Christ uh, yeah. through stories about Africans that have found Christ. So yeah. I'm, I'm very happy that we get to do that. Uh, my heart is for the, excuse me, the third world countries. And I'd love to be there, but with what's going on in the world right now, I can't, but I still get to be a part of yeah. it because they show our films every week. 
That's so the blessing that's very rewarding. of the internet of how we've been able to, you know, how I've seen the stories and, you know, how the gospel's going out to all these other nations, even in spite of like, you know, a lot of the evil that we're seeing, but it's like, it's amazing all the advancements in the kingdom of God that we're seeing because of things like the internet, which people use you for evil. I mean, we see the TV and how the deep States used it and stuff, but it's like, you know what, God's been also using yes. it for so much good. And cause as yes, you're this- t- telling people how to grow their own stuff, and then that way you're able to show the love of Christ to them. And they're like, what's different yes. about you? And then like, hey, we're doing this in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it is. And all of our I will say that all of our content is free. You can watch all of our movies for free. It's 100 yeah. percent viewer uh, supported. So if people feel moved and they want us to keep going and they like it and they want to donate five bucks or 50 bucks or whatever. We really appreciate it. Yeah. But it's not mandatory at all. I, I don't want that to yeah. be an issue. You know, Jesus did for me what he did. He didn't charge me. So, you know. <laughs> And I always say, Lord, your idea, you order it, you pay for it. I know. So if we, if I, I just want to give. <laughs> I just, I just want people to to experience yeah. him. You know. I know, exactly. <laughs> and I think that they will. Like I said, I've looked at your website and I looked at the movies and TV, and I think we're going to see a like you guys take off. A lot of other ones, you know, like you mentioned, Ben Shapiro's thing take off because even just regular Americans, whether they know Christ or not, they're just so sick of what's been yeah. pushed out here on Disney, Nickelodeon, all these yeah. mainstream, you know, TV channels. So they're like, you know, it's time for something new. It's time for kind of like a parallel society, a lot of other stuff running alongside, you know, the bad stuff. And as the bad stuff loses viewership, the good stuff like you all is going to gain membership. It's like, I think so. Yep. I think so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, it's been so great talking with you today. I'm sure I'll definitely have you back on to talk because I'd love to even have you like walk through some of like your videos and stuff on here too, to like show and stuff. Cause I I really want to do like the farming and stuff. I've been wanting to do that and stuff too. So I'm like, I, Yes. Awesome. Well, it's been so great just having you on and just, I'm, I'm sure well, I'll come back. I'm working on a, um, I had a vision where I was out talking to a friend and a movie screen dropped out of the sky and it was Ezekiel 37, the Valley of dry bones. So I've got a short story coming out very soon with Ezekiel. It's, it's Ezekiel and today mixed together. And yeah. we're almost finished with that. It's called dry the Valley bones, of dry come bones. Alive. Come, alive. come alive. That's it, baby. <laughs> Awesome. Like I said, it's been so great having you on, Sanja. Thanks again so much. much. I called General Flynn. I said, General Flynn, I feel like God wants us to team up to do a reopen America tour and we get people back to God. And he says, I know. I'm going, you know? We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. I believe America is supposed to be that shining city on the hill, the beacon of freedom. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. You gotta make sure you cover your full face. These vaccines are zero liability. There's so much fake information. It's the David and Goliath thing. Their agenda is not God's agenda. Why will the churches not stand up? I'm trying to save America. I believe we're in the greatest revival in history. 